Yes, and welcome to episode 104 of Throwback Hoops. Woody V is in the house. As always, please follow the show on YouTube and wherever you listen to your podcast. And as always, I'm joined by my main man, Robbie Clayton. What's going on, brother? What's up, Woods? Uh, good to be back. Um, happy Australia Day for you, mate. Um, I'll get my little rant out of the way. Look, I know it's definitely a day that is polarizing for a lot of people that you know are in this country. For me, it's a, it's a positive day. It's a day to focus on our culture, um, you know, pretty much most of my family, my wife, yourself, your family are all from, from other countries. So I like sort of, you know, taking that positive approach with it and sort of embracing the, the culture and everything like that. So for those that kind of do celebrate it, um, happy Australia Day and got a few things to wear in preparation for it. For sure. And, and not only the Australia Day, it's also somewhat of a sad day today because it is also the uh, uh, anniversary of one of the greatest players to ever play the game. So let's pay a bit of tribute to him today as well. Mm-hmm. And, and I you, man. I've got a problem with Australia. I know it's been a tough week for you, man, so I hope you're doing okay. Thanks, man. All right, we'll get into it. Sounds good. Let's do it. All right, what you got for us today? All right, so look, I'm going to do a bit different today. I'm not going to do the full, you know, talk about a player for five minutes sort of thing, but I just wanted to rock some Boomers jerseys today in honour of Australia Day. So one behind me, it's one that I've kind of never even worn, really. It's just way too small for me. Um, it's the very retro, I think it's a 90s Boomers jersey. Loving the, the Smith's Potato Chips logo on there. That's a, a pretty cool logo on that one. Um, and look, I'll stand up and show you the one I'm rocking today. Look, a player we know very well on this this podcast. Um, he's been on there. We featured his jerseys. You see his signed every episode behind me there. So I'll stand up and give you a look at this one and, and you know, talk about it a bit. And to all the audience that are listening and can't see, Robbie's wearing the Boomers and Blue jersey, number 10. Liking this jersey. I think I got this fairly recently. They made some um, some like retro sort of versions of it there. So it is actually the same one he's wearing behind me in the, the 2000 Olympics where he's got the shoe. A little bit hard to see, I know. But um, look, I mean, we could talk about Andrew Gaze all day, couldn't we, Woods? But, um, you know, he's someone that's been such a great ambassador for Australia. You know, he was obviously the Olympic flag bearer um, and just someone that I've, you know, absolutely admired, um, you know, since a, you know, like a... Uh, you know, nine-year-old or something like that growing up. You know, he didn't play for my, my Wildcats and I was very sort of, you know, pro. I only like people with the Wildcats, but he was the exception there. Um, and just someone that I love the way he was as a player, but also love the way he is as a person now. He's such a humble, um, kind, um, and just sort of jovial sort of guy. I think he'd be a great guy to be around. Um, yeah, I know, look, a lot of people enjoyed the, the podcast we had him on and it was an early one. Um, so if you haven't watched that one, go back and watch it. But yeah, he, he spoke so, um, so well, he was so gracious with his time and everything else like that. So, yeah, just in honour of um, today being Australia Day, I thought I'd just rock a couple of these Boomers jerseys. Yeah. Well, said, Robbie, and we also had him on the show, and he was talking to us about how we uh, joined the, the the show with um, Leonard Copeland and Bays last year. I think it was a, was a jump run together. Right? Uh, yeah. And he was talking about how comfortable that Andrew made him feel, and within it just felt like the, the group, you know, and that, that testament of the kind of character Andrew is making people welcome and we've known myself so uh, that's a really good thing you today so yeah why don't you, you show us and, and talk a little bit about what you got today for sure man Woods is standing up wearing the nice looking number eight Kobe Bryant white Lakers jersey nice yeah, jersey is that a newer one as well or you had that one a while 
I've had it for a while, but I've never actually worn it. It's the 9697 City Edition Yeah. Um, let's not even go through all of that later. Like, today is the death anniversary. Four years, I think, if I'm mistaken. 2020 yeah, was, wasn't years. it? Right? Yeah, yeah. Today. So, um, what does he mean to you? Know? What does he mean to the game basketball? What kind of legacy has he left behind? Well, I mean, he's someone that I think will always sort of grow up and be a generation's favourite player, won't they? There was a lot of the you know pro Michael Jordan, the pro LeBron James, and then there was the, the next sort of lot there was the, the Kobe fans and everything else like that. And, um, yeah, just an amazing player, right? Um, such a tenacious. Um, he just didn't take any stick. He didn't back down from anyone there. And he obviously had so much success in that, that Lakers jersey there. So, yeah, I must admit, when you mentioned it this morning, I was sort of thinking, oh, jeez, how many years has it been now? And it, it did kind of surprise me. It was four years, but I guess it, it kind of sort of makes sense there. But, yeah, someone that was really, you know, taken taken way too soon, wasn't he? Absolutely. And um, I'm actually looking forward to, to have a look, look at his statue when we're in LA in a couple of months and maybe get a bit of a photo there. For sure, man. In in the those forty one odd years that he lived on Earth, he he made such an impact on so many people's life. And it's worth saying, not only Kobe Bryant, his daughter Gianna, yeah. um, along with Newport Beach residents John and Kerry and Alyssa, Altabelli, Sarah and Peyton Chester, Christina Mauser and Ara Zabayan, all of yeah. these guys passed away in that helicopter crash that day. So let's pay tribute mm-hmm. not just to Kobe, but all those uh, that were taken too soon from us. Hey. Absolutely. All right. all so let's move on to something yeah. a little bit. Let's move a little bit. Not only was it, is, is, uh, today is Australia Day and obviously uh, the death anniversary of Kobe Bryant, but on, on the same day that Kobe Bryant had his 81-point game for the Los Angeles Lakers, Joel Embiid scored 70 for Philadelphia and your boy Carl Anthony Tan scored 62 in Minnesota. These elite big men paired up to do something the NBA hadn't seen on the same day in more than 45 years. So mark it down. January 22nd, 24 was a day unlike almost any other in NBA history, right? Mm. Well, I guess for my boy, Big Cat, I'm not quite sure he'll remember it as fondly as Joel Embiid. They actually went down to the lowly Charlotte Hornets and he actually got benched for a short time um, in that fourth quarter there, which was a little bit strange, right? Um, so he had 44 at halftime. I believe that might have been like a record for a halftime score there. Um, I think already he was also the first Timberwolf to have more than 10 field goals, 10.3 field goals, uh, 10 three-point field goals and 10 free throws made in the game. So pretty crazy stat. Um, it's funny with the cat, the big cat, isn't it? You know, he wasn't known as that sort of stretch outside shooter when he came into the league, but he's turned into an amazing shooter now. Um, we won't call it a jump shot, Woods, because he clearly doesn't jump on those shots. But with his size, um, he is a unique player, isn't he? You know, he can handle the ball, he can shoot it. Um, he's still a player that I think has his detractors there, which obviously, you know, I love the guy there, so I'm always going to stand up for him. But, yeah, it was good to see him have that big game. And, as for Joel Embiid, I mean, he is having an amazing season. Um, I'm pretty pleased. I picked him in a couple of my fantasy teams and just seeing the, the output that he puts up, his efficiency is so good. Um, he's averaging a career high in assists, I believe. Um, there's nothing he can't do, right? He's always been a good defender. He can score from all over the floor. Um, he's got that two-point jumper sort of a little bit beyond the free-throw line, which is literally automatic now. Um, he's got screen roll games, and as soon as he gets a, a matchup to his advantage, he just backs someone down and just scores with a, a Ray of moves there. So, yeah, 70 points. Did you see the press comments with KD when they asked him about that? That was pretty funny. They're like, oh, Kevin, did you see that um, Joel Embiid scored 70 today? He's like, what? Like that? Like, he's just an absolute look of shock on his face there. So, yeah, what were your, what were your thoughts on the two big scores? Uh, I just I'd like to see the big man doing well, you know. Obviously, the, the prototype of the big change over the years, but yeah. 
in in what cigar dominated or wing dominated league to see these two guys on the same day have such you know the Joker at Denver you know master and there's the big man is coming back and I really like to see that because it's a, it's a yeah. party game that seems to have faded so um, it's really hard one to see and 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 you know I'm just gonna talk your thoughts I think it's the seventh record scoring season in NBA history. Mm. Um, I, I really what he's doing, and I think Harden um, leaving has actually helped him. You know, and I think uh, having those team man and having those guys around, at least Maxi stepping up, etc. Um, this Philadelphia team can make a push in the playoffs. Right? hundred oh, um, percent. You know, they're going to be hard to beat as long as he's healthy. And that's always been a little bit of an if with him. If he can stay healthy, it's a, a long season. I'm sure we'll see a few, you know, strategic games that they sit him out. Hopefully it's not going to be the game that we see him against the, the Clippers. Um, I'd be, be gutted if we saw that game. And I'm all prepared for this, Woods. When we go and see these games, it's later on in the year, you know, that people will suddenly be getting these mystery injuries and stuff like that. hope that's not the case. But, um, yeah, really, really special season for Joel Embiid, um, without a doubt. Yeah, terrific. We can actually have a focus on the NBL, Robbie, right? And and, and there's two headlines NBA popping up, so we have to talk about a few things in the NBA. Not only these big games that men have been a trade man. Um, mm. So let's talk about that a little bit. I'll just give you the details of the trade, and I want to get your perspective on both sides, right? The Miami Miami here basically taken a swing in a bid to get back to the NBA Finals, trading veteran Kyle Lowry and a 2027 protected first round pick uh, for the Charlotte to the Charlotte Hornets for ter- Terry Rozier. Um, and Rozier is currently having one of his best seasons in the NBA, averaging 23.2 points and 6.6 assists, uh, both the career highs for the 29 year old who, who's played four years with the Celtics before being dealt to the Hornets ahead of the 2019-20 season. So let's talk about how's Terry Rozier going to help this this Miami Heat team first? Well, firstly, Woods, I describe this trade as highway robbery, honestly. Um, Terry Rozier this year, I'm a bit of a, an NBA sicko, as we both are, and I've watched a fair bit of the Hornets this year. He's got to be an all-star contention this Likewise. year, Terry Rozier. He has played unbelievable. Um, you know, he's obviously not that playmaking uh, traditional point guard there, but he can still do that well. But he's shooting, you know, pretty good efficiency this year. He has had a really good season. Um, so I think he's a perfect player for Miami. There's no doubt Kyle Lowry's, you know, well, well past it now. And I think he's style of play doesn't totally translate to, to what Miami want to do there. So, um, And it just shows that example as well. I think teams are more prepared to trade away first rounders than what they were maybe three, four, five years ago. It just does, does seem to be. I think you look at, if you were to go back on you know, look at some of these draft picks that are in the, tw- say, pick 20 to 30 for the last five years, there's not a lot of good stuff going on there. So I think teams are more inclined to trade their draft picks. But I really like Viteria Rozier, right? So he's gone from a really good sort of, you know, winning team there with Boston to, you know, playing with Charlotte there where he hasn't had a lot of, you know, team success there. But I think he'll really be relishing the trade there going to South Beach. Um, from what I've heard, he is a hard worker, so I think he'll fit well with that culture there. I think it's perfect for what Miami needs. So I might need to adjust my little Miami predictions, but I was actually really high on that trade for them. And, yeah, I think they've done really, really well there. So maybe my Miami patients, I think I got them a second or third in the East, maybe may, may become fruition on the back of this trade. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, 6.6 assists. He said, you know, he's not known to be a playmaker, but he's putting out his good numbers. And you look at Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Jaime uh, uh, Aquez, you know, Terry Rozier, the reemergence of Duncan Robinson, the veteran Kevin Love. That nucleus is really good there in Miami, man. 
I could see him working well with Tyler Hero too if they decide to play Tyler Hero as well. Yep, forgot to mention. Court. So yep. yeah, no, I think it's it's um it's it's they've done very well. I think for Charlotte, it's probably the other way. There's no way Kyle Lowry will stick on that team. Um, I think they're looking at trading him on again as soon as they can. I think PJ Washington might be maybe the next one to go. So yeah, not quite sure where the Hornets are at at this stage now. They just don't seem to be be getting anywhere. They're not a free agent market there. Um, you wonder if someone like Lamelo as soon as his next contract's up, whether he'll leave as well. So you know, not the most um, you know, attractive free agent destination there, but yeah, they've they've clearly got more uh, moves to make. I would have thought. Yeah, look, they are a small market, but they do have a loyal fan base, and they get good crowds in. So, um, you know, I think building around Brandon Miller and hopefully keeping Lamelo Ball will be good for them. Okay, but let's talk about Kyle Lowry. His contract is worth a bit, so I think that mm. maybe even he's a buyout candidate if they can't find a trade for him. Yeah, it'll be, it'll be yeah. something like that, won't it? Yeah, it'll either be a buyout, probably more than likely a buyout, I'd say, given he's on yeah. that, that big contract there. So I could see him coming to some sort of arrangement and then maybe Lowry, yeah, not sure. He'll definitely try and try and hook up with the team. I mean, what about someone like Philadelphia there, Woods? Um, what about him trying yeah. to hook on with them? Um, not a bad idea. I thought the Bucks might be a good option as well for him, you know? Yeah. Um, oh, Lowry's a Villanova guy from memory, I think, is he? Um, yep. Uh, yeah, he's from Philadelphia, so there you go. So that would be a perfect sort of fit. You know, 37 years of age, he'd be happy to go there and, you know, play some spot minutes. And I'm sure he can, he'll can. he still knock down some big shots and some big times there. And certainly someone I've liked over his career. But, yeah, I think a, a buyout and, and going to a, you know, a team to try and help him win a chip would be likely. Awesome. And this is just the start of the trade deadline approaching. I'm sure we're going to have some more news on, on the market as to um, trades, etc. So let's see how that plays out, Robbie. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, finally, I want to talk about the Milwaukee Bucks firing coach Adrian Griffin and hiring Doc Rivers. First, let's talk about the firing of Adrian Griffin, right? There have been rumblings going back to training camp, Robbie, that players and staff really weren't feeling him, right? One Eastern Conference GM actually stated this, um, referring to Griffin. He was seen as a very controlling human being and individual, and the whole start situation didn't help. The Bucks defense has also fallen off considerably this season. What do you think went on behind the scenes for for this to happen? Because uh, they seem very happy and and and, and you know cheering yeah. that he was not the coach anymore. You saw that, right? A very very strange situation, box. isn't it? It's almost like David Blatt, you know, getting the the ass in in Cleveland those years ago when they had you know maybe the second best record in the NBA or in the East at the time. So I know it's um it's strange, isn't it? Um, I know Giannis and a few other of those veteran guys wanted him there, um, so they. They clearly had a say in him coming there sort of thing, but I think they've also probably had a say in him going. Um, I've got to say, I feel for him a little bit, to be honest. Um, you know, you're number one, number two in the East there. Um, you're sort of learning as a head coach for the first time. Um, you know, he was a no-nonsense type player when he played there, so maybe that's his coaching style there. He doesn't, you know, expect people to, you know, stuff around in that. The defense was the pretty alarming thing, though, wasn't it? Um, they just couldn't seem to stop anyone this year. I mean, you've got to remember, though, that's not all on him. You know, they lost one of the best defensive guards in um, Holiday, in Holiday, and they added someone who's about as good a defender as you and I, and Dame Lillard. Um, I've told you about that, Woods. I love Dame Lillard. I watched the guy play. His defense is atrocious. Watch him closely. Anyone that's listening to this that hasn't noticed that before, it's really bad. Um, so, I think that's obviously made a big difference there. Um, yeah, Doc Rivers is back, right? We get to see to hear that you know, croaky voice on the sideline, you know, yelling out instructions and stuff like that. Um, do we know what's happening with Trevor Gleeson yet? I'm assuming we'll find out soon. That was my next question to okay, you, right? right. Um, yeah. So, what you draw from? Do you think uh, Doc Rivers is just going to keep, um, you know, coaching stuff in place, or is he going to 
I don't have the so. freedom of bringing uh, his own people. These guys always want to come in with their own people. I mean, Doc's obviously, you know, long-time coach with the Sixers and the, the Clippers and that. He's probably got a lot of assistants that he's worked with over the years that, you know, may or may not have, have jobs now that he'll be trying to get back. So, look, it may be one of those things that Gleason could potentially stay the rest of this season. I'm not 100% sure, you know, if Doc's got guys that are with other teams at the moment, but I'd be very surprised if he came back next year. And it's a shame, isn't it? It was good to sort of see him back in the NBA. He's obviously close with Griffin. Um, it is interesting a little um, point that I raised to you as well this week, Woods. Obviously, um, our boy AJ Griffin for the Hawks has missed a ton of games this year for what hasn't been well publicised, but what I found out is a lot of personal issues there. So I was kind of looking to the background. I thought, I wonder if there's something related to that, you know, with the family or something like that. It doesn't sound like it. Maybe maybe it's all about the coaching, but you never know. Um, but, yeah, certainly wish AJ and Griffin all the best. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a harsh situation for him, I think. By all reports, those two things are not related. It was mm. his controlling nature, and, and from all reports, the senior senior members of the team, Yana's game, weren't too happy with working alongside Adrian Griffin, and that's the reason for him being let go. But Dr. Rivers brings a wealth of experience, championship pedigree. Um, you know, so he's going to help that team, right? Yeah. So um, i got no problem with it, and I think that um, being a defensive-minded coach, um, we might see a, an improvement there in, on, on, on that end of the floor for the box, right? Yeah, for sure. That's, that's the main thing they've got to improve, right, is the defense. Okay, while we're on a Hawks uh, at, at the minute, what about Paddy Mills, man? Coming back into the rotation, mm. playing 21 minutes yesterday, having 13 points. You think Coach Quinn Snyder said, look, let's, let's, uh, let's run the veteran out there because they can't do any. They might try something, right, the way yeah. they're playing at the moment, right? I mean, look, it is very much Trey dependent. Obviously, Trey's missed the last couple of games yeah. of concussion, so hopefully he'll be back for, you know, very times, uh, you know, very soon. But yeah, season high, you know, high in that Hawks jersey there. And he looked really good. He was making defensive plays there. He was doing that extra thing where he basically squares up for a shot. He does this really well, draws a defender in and kind of at that last second kicks it out to a guy in the corner. I think he must have had at least three assists, three assists. With, that, yep. with that exact same play doing that yesterday. And like I said, really, you know, causing a bit of ha havoc on defense, defense there. Um, you know, he was out playing Steph Curry for about that first half of that game. So, yeah, it is great to see, you know, especially on Australia Day, seeing our boy um, get some minutes. And it just shows you in the NBA, you've got to be ready, right? You don't know what that situation's going to be. And, yeah, great to see Snyder have that trust in him now. And hopefully we'll see a bit more of it. Yeah, I was listening to the Locked On Hawks podcast the other day. And by all reports, even when Trey Young comes back, the, the, the coaching staff plan to keep Patty in the rotation. So look yeah. how that plays out, right? You can see the team love him. I mean, everyone loves Patty, right? But you can just see, I mean, he's such a good teammate there. The guys were so happy for his success in these last couple of games too, which he's, he's normally celebrating their success. So now nah, keep it up, Patty. It's uh, great to see you. Awesome. Awesome. All right, man. Should we get into some NBA? Well, maybe after last night's games, maybe not Woods, but yes, I know we do need to. So let's do that. I've got a lot of things I want to cover. So I'm going to throw a topic to you. And I just want you to comment on these. So start off with the Apple Isle. Let's talk about the Jack, jack Jumpers, right? Roth re-signs uh, re until the end of 2027. How yeah. important is he to this, this franchise and the culture that's being built there? Uh, no doubt very important. You know, he's been there from day one. He's really created the type of culture that he's wanted to create there. Um, you know, the, you know, them versus the world type thing down there. And I think it's a really good move, locking him down there. Um, it's been a... Look, they're still in the top four, but it, it does feel like it's been a little bit of a mixed season for him this year so far. But no, I think that's a really good move. You can tell people like playing for him there. He seems to rejuvenate some guys' careers there when they when they go there. So no, I'm happy to see him see him resign, and I think he's certainly someone that's going to continue to make Australia home, even maybe after that that coaching stint finishes. 
Yep, I agree. I agree. It's a big coup for Tasmania to keep him on board uh, for the next few seasons. All right, let's, uh, let's move to Melbourne, right? Now, we, we agree South Melbourne, by the result last night, which we'll get into later, we mm. agree South Melbourne are out this season, right? They're not going to make a claim, right? Yeah, I mean, look, I wrote my notes before the game last night, so I sort of said no way. I mean, I guess it gives them the slimmest of chances now with that win, but I'd say very unlikely. I think it's too much of a logjam near the bottom now. Teams are going to be playing each other. You're not going to be able to win all those games. So, no, I think you can rule them out for the year, which is um, a bit of a shock. I think I was pretty high on them at the start of the year. Right, so having said that, um, Alan Williams out with a knee knee injury, which is going to end his season. Um, how important is it that SEM get him healthy for for the, for for next year because he's under contract next year as well? Well, I'll throw it back at you a little bit on that one, Woods. I mean, Alan Williams and healthy does that actually go in the same sentence there? Right, so the guy just as much as he's had a great you know career and his his time in Australia, he has just not managed to stay healthy. He picks up injuries at the drop of a hat. Um, I know he obviously plays a physical style there. He's a, a big, heavy sort of guy there, but he just hasn't shown to me that he can stay healthy. So I think it's a little bit of a risk there, you know, with him being being under contract there, that he can stay healthy. I really hope he is, because I like the way he plays. He's a very different sort of guy, isn't he? You don't see a lot of people with that, that game that he's got now. But, like, do you trust that he'll stay healthy? I think the big problem is, I mean, he's rushing to come back from injuries much quicker than because he's got a big heart and he wants to mm. see his team. And SEM haven't had the best luck with injuries over the last few years, especially since he's been at the ball club. So he's yeah. desperate to help that team and comes back from injuries a bit early. So I think he shut shut down for the whole season. He'll spend the whole off season covering, getting healthy to to get his body in a position where he can have a preseason and training camp and and hopefully be fit next year. So I the, the the past doesn't tell us that he's got the best luck with health, mm-hmm. but I think he has to give himself the best opportunity to um, uh, stay healthy and SEM can have a run next season, right? What is going on with that team injury-wise? I mean, it's just I've never seen anything like it. I mean, what, last night they had, like, was it three DP players playing and maybe a couple of other, you know, practice squad guys on the team and that? It was just unbelievable to see so many, you know, high-quality players in street clothes there. You've got to feel from a bit. I think I mentioned it last week. I do feel a bit for Mike Kelly not having his troops all year. But, yeah, certainly some bad luck they've had this year. Yeah, I was saying we have a Sydney Kings chat going on. We'll get into I mean, Sydney Kings lost to SEM yesterday. We'll get into that in a second, but um, I was just joking on King's Chat. Man, they grabbed some people selling ice creams in the in the stadium <laughs> and brought them onto the court. Some I can't name Rosendale, you know, playing Anzac Rosetto. Like, you know, these guys are no names. And uh, yeah. my question is, what can the SEM get out of the remaining games of this season? I think that uh, that was just added, right? Giving some of these young guys some reps, seeing what they can do. A Foxwell, for example, uh, as well, uh, on, on, the, on, the, on the biggest stage and, and, um, and they can have a look at these guys next year, right? 100%. And some of these DP and practice squad players, you know, they might be fighting to try and get full-time contracts next year, you know. Showing out yep. in these last, you know, six or seven games could lead. They may have to change teams. It may lead to a full contracted position there. So there's a lot on the, on the line for them. But, yeah, it's certainly a strange way their year's gone so far. Well, it's like Ben Eyre, mm-hmm. yeah. He had that opportunity a few seasons back, and look at him now, right? So it does happen when you get that opportunity for a tenant that can lead to full-time employment in the league, right? Yeah. Is he the most confident player in the whole NBL, by the way? Yeah, love him. <clears throat> love him. I love what he wrote. Yeah, well, no, he doesn't back down from man. anyone, does he? Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. that little scrappy dog that would go up against, you know, like some attack dog sort of thing that would knock back down one little bit. So, yeah, it's good to see. Yeah. From all reports, doesn't mind a little bit of a yappy. 
Oh, from all reports, that's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Um, all right, what about Ty Webster? I want to talk about Perth Wildcats. I know they got a loss yesterday. We'll get into that. But Webster, Ty Webster's maturing right before our eyes, right? He's put his ego to the side and accepted a role he needs to play on this Wildcats team. Um, what do you think has changed his mindset, Robbie? Well, as a ginormous West, uh, Wildcats fan like myself, I'm going to sort of talk on behalf of the, the team, I guess, now. Um, I think everyone was a little bit <clears throat> unsure of Ty Webster at the start of the year. We saw him come in late last year and didn't really shine or, or show a whole lot there. But <clears throat> I've really changed my tune on <clears throat> excuse me, changed my tune on him. Um, loving what he's bringing to the team, right? Um, he's just got that infectious attitude. He's, um, <clears throat> he's the sort of player that, you know, just... Brings brings the effort every night, but also does it with a smile on his face. Apparently, they love him around at you know at practice and everything else like that. Um, I'm speaking to mum and dad about it, and they're like, "Well, he's the class clown, isn't he?" I think that's like a good way to, to describe him. There, he is kind of that class clown, but he backs it up there. Um, I really like his defense as well. I think his defense is perhaps right. a little bit underrated. I mean, people kind of think Corey Webster, and you've never associated defense really with him. Um, but Ty Webster, you know, he's a little bit of a different body shape to Corey. There, he's got the long arms going on. Um, very smart, you know. Um, player you know high basketball IQ so really liking what he's done and you know had you have asked me this question at the start of the year I would have been like oh, I'm not quite sure on him but no I've really come around to him now and I think he's going to be a, a really important player um I don't know I think in terms of his mindset there I think he's just I guess he's fit in well with the team now he's found a bit of a home there um he's clicked with a lot of these players and I think it's it's paying dividends now so yeah love the way he goes about it yeah, and I definitely think Bryce Scott and John really, these guys had a positive influence on him, right? Um, yeah. Who's not the most, uh, you know, vocal leader, but he leads by example. And I'm sure that it's helped playing alongside him and, and John, John really system, um, a, a mindset to win a championship uh, in, in previous, um, previous opportunities has had in the league, New Zealand under Dan Shamir, or even, you know, last year with the Wildcats, right? Um, it, it wasn't that same mindset as it has been this year. And mm. he has to play a role as squad um, and do it well for them to, you know, have that ultimate success. And he's bought into that. And uh, it's really good to see. We talk about a confident player. We mentioned Ben Eyre. I mean, Ty Webster's in that same category. I think he firmly believes he's one of the best players on the court every time he steps on the court there. He does it with that smile on his face, but he's a supremely confident player. Um, his outside shots um, improved a little bit as well. He he's sort of hangs around on those wings in the corners and hits those those big threes. So, yeah, looking forward to see what else he can do, um, give the Cats there. Especially the last five, six games, you know, uh, our teams have dared him to shoot the ball. And he's yeah. obviously been putting in the reps in practice, right? Because that, that's sure. looking a lot nicer. Uh, all right, from your team to my team, all right, the Sydney Kings are in the pits at the moment, right? Tell me, what do you think about Coach Mahmoud Abdul-Fateh, right? Should we reach any services next season? I don't think much about him, Woods, if I'm being honest. Um, he's going to be the quickest one-and-done coach you've ever seen. Um, look, unless they somehow perform a miracle and get hot at the end of the season and something changes, you never know, I guess, in this game. But from what I've seen so far, I mean, I hope he's renting in Sydney. I really do, because um, he's he's very unlikely to be back. Um, I thought it was actually pretty disappointing for your Kings this year, with the uh, this week, actually, with the news with Fleur McIntyre there. So I think a lot of people saw her as that, you know, next coach in the making there. And I think it would have been really good for, you know, not only just for her being a, a female head coach here, but I think she's got the runs on the board now. I think she's very well respected there she's supposed to be very good tactically and everything like that but i don't know what it is with 
with your coach there, Woods. Um, he seems to just look a bit clueless out there sometimes. Like he seems like he gets out coached every day. He doesn't he doesn't call timeouts when he needs to. He just runs with these strange substitution patterns. He's playing guys that you know don't seem to gel well together. And you would have thought he would have worked it out by now. I think we're 22, 23 games into the year, and he's still you know um, experimenting with lineups and stuff like that. But yeah, um, I don't think a whole lot about him to be honest. Yeah. These notes down that I was going to talk about, but you just mentioned them all. So, <laughs> nice. patterns, the job for you. The, the, the defensive principles he's bringing in, he seems pretty I, I got a text from a friend of mine yesterday, uh, Nick, who's a, is a Nick. Shout out to you, Nick. He's a, he's a huge uh, fan of the Kings. And I'll just read it to you. What do you say? He said, This Kings team is dud, bro. No heart, no passion. A terrible coaching. <laughs> so, mm. there you go, right? Um, Okay, well, you, you mentioned Flo McIntyre. Why don't you unpack that a little bit? You know, tell the audience a little bit about uh, the news that has come through lately. Yeah, so general manager of the Phoenix Mercury, right? So home of, um, you know, one of our favourites, Michelle Timms, um, had a, a great career there. So I do believe it is at the end of the NBL season, right, if I'm not mistaken. So she will still definitely be sitting on the bench, which at least that's good. At least it's not like an immediate thing there. But for her, I think that's a, a great coup there. You know, you're going over to, to the big leagues. Um, it shows how much respect she's earned and, and rightfully so over these last few years. Um, yeah, so full credit to her. Massive congratulations to her. Um, you kind of wonder with the Kings now. I think she was could have very much been a coach in waiting, but I know what the Kings are like, um, deep pockets and all that stuff as well, Woods, as we like as I like to say. Um, I don't think it'll be someone like Kicks or, or Lish that comes in. I think they'll they'll get the checkbook out and, you know, get someone with a big name or something. Or who knows? Maybe they might even say to um, to Justin Tatum, look, what are the Hawks going to pay you next year? We'll pay you triple or something like that. And, you know, we'll give you a house and a car and a you know diamond ring or something as well so you never know so maybe they'll try and sort of get the big name or someone like that but yeah i'm sure they're they're probably already considering options for next year anyway i'd say all reports that's nearly done that deal with 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 justin tatum right so um so with the hawks yeah, not with the, with the hawks, with hawks. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah with the hawks take buford i think that's just watch that watch that space because he mm. hasn't he hasn't you know found employment since yeah uh leaving the Kings and he's very active running on Twitter on various different things on sorry on various different things so um sure. just just something to think about you know Chase coming back right and the Georgians out there right I know he's mm. been that late but he does have history with the Kings as well though, money, money talks Woods correct money talks money talks all right um look the Illawarra Horse did beat your Perth Wildcats last night um you know we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into it in in a minute but um, I just talked about Coach Tatum, Coach Tatum, but also Gary Clark. Gary Clark's very close to being re-signed. Now, some news has come out this week about him getting a DUI and uh, the NBL, you know, sort of just letting it slide. A um, couple of questions. Do you think the NBL acted correctly in that space? And two, how important is, uh, you know, someone like Gary Clark to be re-signed to, to a multi-potential? I think firstly with the legal thing there, Woods, I think that's maybe more a club thing there. Um, yeah. I have a feeling if that was, say, with the Wildcats where they're, they've, you know, got sponsors that are about, you know, drinking and stuff like that, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe sat him a game there. But, look, the Hawks have, have got their reasons and they haven't done that. There's certainly no obligation they have to there. Um, you know, he's paid his fine there. Um, so I'm not too – look, obviously I'm not, you know – I'm not for anyone drinking and driving. That's ridiculous, right? But you know, I, I don't, I don't know whether what the NBL could have really done. Is there a precedent there? Have there been other people that have had that? I'm not too sure. Um, in terms of his off the, on the court stuff, though, um, 
Look, he's really found his way, hasn't he? Um, he's a unique player as well. He's a big body shape, isn't he? There, Woods. He's um very smart player as well. He's another one of those players that just sees if he's got a smaller opponent on him, like I mentioned with Joel Embiid, and he'll just back him down and get close to the basket, and he can hit some timely threes as well. Um, you know, certainly a you know he's an NBA veteran coming here, and he was a great signing for the Hawks. But yeah, he's been really good to them. Um, I quite like watching the Hawks play. I didn't enjoy watching him play last night, but they've got a lot of different weapons on that team and a lot of options and, and lineups that they can go with there so um will they make the play another playoffs i'm still not sure um there's going to be a couple of good teams that miss out this year so not quite sure how that'll go but um yeah they've got a good one in gary clark there and i think he's obviously working pretty well with coach tatum as well i agree and you know if you listen to battle with pete hooley they, they've become really good friends. they play golf together so you know mm. their coach and the and the, the veteran team um you know on the same page, moving the right direction is going to be good for the ball club. And with Tatum getting a potentially a preseason to you know bring in some of his um, make some of his own decisions or monster moves and things like that, yeah, it's going to be good for that team because they made some really good good progress this year. Okay, a couple of things I did put on the run sheet as well. We talk about Tatum, but Scott Ninnis has done a really good job as well, you know, over in Adelaide, mm. right? And uh, Trey Kell being moved to the point guard position, the emergence of Humphreys the best basketball of his life um they're pretty fun to watch right and they're no easy beats anymore you know they, they can come into town and and and, and beat any team in the league so uh, i think we don't talk about the kind of job scott ninnis has done um is there some school of thought that they keep him around as head coach and i know they're going to keep him in some capacity but could he get the head coaching job long it seems unlikely from what I'm hearing. They seem to be wanting to chase that bigger fish there. But again, if they finish the season and, you know, win, you know, another four games or something else like that, you'd be stupid not to consider him, right? I think he's, he's got the best out of some of these players. I think you mentioned Isaac Humphries there, Woods. He seems to thrive in that Adelaide 36ers jersey there. So they really need to try and lock him up. I know he is out of contract. Um, lock the guy up. I mean, he's had one of his healthiest seasons for a while now. He is a really, really important player for them. Certainly one of, or maybe the best, you know, Aussie local big man in the league. Um, you're right, Trey Kell has been really good as well. Um, you know, they've had a few injuries as well, you know, while he's been out, you know, a couple of games and stuff like that. Um, DJ, yeah, I'm not a massive fan of him, but he does seem like he's fit in pretty well on the team there. Interesting to see what happens with him long-term. But yeah, Ninnis certainly deserves a look in. Um, Look, I think whatever Adelaide need to do, they need to get a coach and try and stick with them for a while because they've certainly chopped and changed a bit over the last few years. Um, yeah, Ninnis would certainly be someone that I think would love to have that job. He's obviously a local that had great success playing with the team with that great flat top back in the day. But, yeah, I'm not 100% yeah. sure whether that means he'll get the job, though. Yeah, look, I'd keep him on the coaching regardless, mm. right, even if it's in the front office or, you know, as an assistant coach, sorry, as part of the program there in Adelaide. Um, and look, if you get to Australian talents like DJ Vasilovic and Beckhamford and you can for a few years, it's hard, it's hard to, you know, come across a little talent that, that talent are good, you know? So, um, yeah. I would go in that, bringing back trails when I'm playing the point guard. He's been one of the best players in the league. It's frustrating numbers, right? Yeah, no, he's been good. Like, yeah. Triple double he had, you know? So, um, I like, I like his game. All right. Um, one thing. Okay, I didn't put it on the rush sheet, and uh, uh, sometimes you, you know we don't, especially we don't like to talk about you know politics and basketball and mix the two together. But we recently had Pride Round, and uh, Andrew Berger, the sneakings has, has been on Twitter. He's a few comments that has asked a few people, let's say, um, pertaining to um, the LGBT community. Uh, 
Yeah. Your thoughts, not specifically on Drew Berg, owners and 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 uh, you know front coaches, players are uh, commenting on these kind of issues. In, right? Do you remember Corey Webb did this? Um, he was punished like in one game suspension by your Wildcats when he when he made some some derogatory comments. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, your thoughts on on on, on these things and, and and how do you feel about your stance on certain issues? I think it is definitely a fine line on what owners and, and people like that should be allowed to sort of comment on in the league there. I mean, he's someone that should be an advocate for the league there and helping to promote these type of rounds, you know. And I think the NBL do it well. They do Pride round, they do Indigenous round, they do, you know, Pink round, all these sort of things that I think are for, for good reasons there. So um, I don't feel like enough's probably been made of Bogut's comments. I know there's been a little bit of an outcry on X about it there. Look, we know he's a very outspoken man. Sometimes you, you do have to take the, the good with the bad with someone like Bogut, but it didn't feel entirely appropriate from what I saw there. Um, it was almost just making a bit of a mockery of the NBL. I think he was actually hashtagging the NBL with some of his comments as well. So, And look, people can jump on X and read those things for themselves and, and sort of form their own opinion there. But yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? Um, you know, I, People sort of do talk about United and Sydney sort of perhaps running the league a little bit there. I do wonder if that was an owners from some of the other teams, whether the league might have, you know, taken a bit of a stance there. We'll see if something still does happen. But, yeah, I, I think stick to the basketball stuff, right? You know, comment on, on players and comment on, on, you know, teams, the way they're playing or, or looking at that rather than commenting on these sort of things. And, and, try, and em, try and embrace these rounds that the NBL are delivering. Even if it's something, you know, what's that saying there? If you don't have anything good to say, then don't say anything at all. Maybe that's kind of the stance that Bogut should take with stuff like this. But, again, that's not Andrew Bogut, right? He's going to give an opinion on, on absolutely everything, and that's that's the way he's always been, right? But, yeah, what was your, your thoughts? Well, I'm glad we spoke about this because uh, – the Earl and, and in general, the media have not said a thing about this, no, right? Nothing. It hasn't been spoken about a text from Paul Fox, Foxy, good friend of the show, good friend of ours. He says, man, like, no one's spoken about this. It's almost been swept under the rug. So will you guys track hoops, bring it up and speak about it at, at some level? I said, okay, we will. Mm. Right? So I just threw this in because I didn't want to bear this. I just want to throw it out there right now. So you get a, you know, uh, an opinion just off the cuff, right? It comes back to what I spoke about at the top of the show, right, about the whole Australia Day thing. It's about embracing, respecting people's beliefs, cultures, everything else like that. So if you're someone that's not, you know, down with that sort of stuff, keep it to yourself. You don't need to come out on something where you're, you know, a pretty big influencer. He's got a lot of followers and stuff like that. You know, try and keep it positive, you know. We're positive people, you and I, you know. We like just to to sort of be positive and stuff. So, yeah, I think you're right, though. It does feel like it's been swept under the rug. I remember when that Corey Webster thing, I remember seeing on even, like, you know, local sort of free-to-air news channels, they would actually have his picture and have, like, the, you know, a, a snapshot of the, the tweet and stuff like that. And, you know, so it doesn't seem like it's been sort of um, an equal sort of way the way they've reported that there. But, yeah, we'll see what ends up happening. Probably nothing. But, no, I think it's, like you said, it's good that we've actually discussed these topics. And, and people can form their own opinions. Go on and, and read those. those um, maybe people don't know what we're talking about, so they can go on to to X and sort of read some of these things and, and read some of the comments about what people are thinking about it. That's probably the big one there because people are quite upset about it and I think disappointed would be the main word that a lot of people are. Yeah, and we always we're talking basketball, talk, we're talking about jerseys, but there are some real you know issues and topics in life that intertwine whether you like it or not with sport yeah. and and real life issues and and touching on it has been important to us. Um, so thanks for. 
for raising that with me and, and I really respect your thoughts on that, man. Shout out Foxy and keep up that great autograph collection you've got, mate. I always like seeing that, so good work. All right, so a couple of games have already played this round. We, we, we've also mentioned them slightly already. Uh, both teams played last night. I'm going to ask you a question as to who, who I think your top six is going to be. Maybe I'll slice first and, uh, for the week, and let's, uh, let's, let's go through the round, shall we, Robbie? Sounds good. All right, so I won't talk about this because it hurts me, man. So how about you talk about my Kings and I talk about your Wildcats, right? So yesterday, as you can see in front of you, and for those who can't see, uh, Sydney went into Melbourne and lost 104-98 to a severely undermanned Phoenix team. So talk to me about that game, Robbie. Yeah, I mean, what did the, the Phoenix lost four in a row there? I know you were probably slightly worried about that game, but I don't think you were expecting Sydney to lose. So, yeah, they just played with a lot of heart, didn't they, South East Melbourne? It was good to see. Um, they kept on hitting big shots. It felt like Sydney would get the lead um, the back to maybe five or six down, and then someone like Air or Foxwell would hit a big shot. Or um, what's the guy's name I'm forgetting that, um, that got hold a little bit in that game? Rosendale. Yeah, so he like guys like him, and obviously he wouldn't. They wouldn't have been much on the Kings' um, scouting report. Yeah, they probably would have known what these guys were good and bad at. So. Cody Statman as well. Yeah, Statman was the other guy. It was really good, wasn't he? So now, full shout out to Southeast. Yeah. It was good to see how happy they were at the end of the game as well. Yeah, they've had a tough run lately. So um, to see these young guys step up and 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 win against the the back to back champions, um, it's a day they're going to remember for for a long time, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it certainly was, right? Um, you know, it was good to see. So, you know, I was pleased, pleased that they went well. Huh? All right, and your Wildcats, all right? Yeah, they, you can talk about that. See, yeah. <laughs> so 77 to 95, Hawks won easily. I mean, keeping that Wildcats down um, in RAC to 77 points is a great effort. I thought um, Coach Tatum did a really good job yesterday. Um yeah, I mean, it's like a bit of a bogey team, right? The last, the only two games you guys have lost across the last 10 or so have been against the Hawks. Am I wrong in saying that? Yeah, 100%. They've got that real game plan going well on, um, on Bryce, don't they? So, yep. yeah, I mean, you've never seen him have sort of two poor games like that. Um, just the shots weren't falling for Perth last night. They had so many open looks and, you know, all the sort of guys that would normally hit him. You know, Michael Harris is normally pretty reliable. They just couldn't seem to buy a bucket from outside. So, I think it's one of those ones. Look, they had been in a really good... It's interesting to see that they'd won... They were on a winning streak and lost, and South East were the opposite there. But I think you just kind of brush that one away. They've had a pretty brutal um, travel schedule the last few days. I've got to admit, now they're playing again on Saturday. So I don't think the league's done them any, any real favours there. But, um, yeah, I think that's just one you let go. I mean, 77 points. Um, I, I feel sorry for our boys, um, Nathan Stew, that went to watch that game live. It wouldn't, wouldn't have been a fun one to watch live no. there. But, yeah, I think you just move on from that game and on to the next one, right? Yeah, for sure. Don't worry about their great run. Um, there's a chance that, you know, number one pole position. So, um, yeah, let's move on to the next game, shall we? So we've got a doubleheader today, Australia Day doubleheader, yep. New Zealand versus Tasmania today. Um, who you got? Um, I like New Zealand in this one. Um, I actually can see them going on a bit of a run, and I'm, I'm sort of thinking they might, may end up making the six there, which might be a surprise to some, but I'm expecting they'll win this one. I think their imports will fire, but yeah, definitely like this game on paper. It should be, should be a good one. Yep, agree with you on that. Um, and then the second game tonight will be the Bullets versus Melbourne United um, at Nissan Arena. Bullets playing some good basketball, broken into the top four now. 
Who you got? Yeah, four out of the last five there. I'd love to see Brisbane win this one. I think it's probably a big game for United there. Um, they need to just show a little bit more form than what they've showed the last couple of um, rounds there. So I think that United will, will be good enough and win that one. Agreed. Um, okay, let's move to tomorrow. We've got a double header. We've got Adelaide versus Cairns to start off with. Who you got there? When was the last time you saw Adelaide's favourites? Uh, Adelaide favourites like in that game. That's a bit of a surprise. But yeah, I, I, I can see why. I'm going to pick Adelaide for that one too. I'm going to pick Cairns. Uh-huh. I'm going to pick Cairns, right? It really depends if uh, Clintman and Wardenberg uh, passed that concussion test. Obviously, yeah. they've been missing those boys for a while. So if those two are back, I'm going to go with Cairns, right? Even if one of them is back, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Um, your Wildcats against Southeast Melbourne. I mean, no way Southeast Melbourne are going to be able to to beat the Wildcats on on the I know they had a great win and Wildcats lost but you'd think Perth should take care of business easily at the State Basketball Centre. Again a lot of travelling for Perth there so a little bit of a concern. Um, I'm kind of hoping they do that matchup that they had in that playing game last year where um, they tried to put um, Foxwell on Bryce Cotton. It was one of the biggest bloodbaths I've ever seen in about 10 minutes there so if that's the case there I think Cotton could fire up but um, yeah I think Perth will be, be good enough in this game. Yep. Um, and then Sunday, we've got a doubleheader, uh, Illawarra versus New Zealand. That's going to be a very important game, right? Um, it's a hard one to pick, man. I can't. That's, that's, an, that's both, a line ball. I think Sunday games are good as well, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can almost say who wins that Hawks and Breakers game may have that box seat to, to get in the play in there. Um, yeah. Ooh. I'm going to say the Hawks without a lot much confidence, but yeah, looking forward to that one. Yep. Oh, I'll probably say that with not, not much confidence either, just because they're at home. Um, all right. Sydney versus Melbourne, Kudos Bank Arena Sunday. What's that, a Sunday afternoon game in Sydney Woods? That's a shock. <laughs> oh, um, are you going? Uh, I'm actually going to the Black Street and Montel Jordan concert, bro. Oh, no so, diggity. Yeah, for sure, man. <laughs> so, um, I, yeah, I'm going to give it a miss, right? So um, Montel Jordan, the 680 stood, right? Yeah. Yeah, nice. Um, and people yeah. said the music that he made was good. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, look, it's hard to pick Sydney at the moment. Um, I know yeah. I feel like I've got a lot to play for in this one, but I'll, I'll say United end up going 2 0 this round. Yep, yeah, I agree. Agree. All right, man. Um, look, I think we'll give Classic Packs a miss today. There's been a lot of episodes. Sure. Come up with Classic Packs next week. Um, top to the. Um, uh, and of court issues across the NBA and NL, so really enjoyed it, man. So what? Why don't you take the the audience and the listeners out with some of the details at the end of each episode? Absolutely, mate. And I appreciate that. So, yeah, just a reminder, please make sure you like, rate, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, if you do listen to the audio, we really appreciate that as well. Um, of course, we can be followed on X at Throwback Hoops, um, on Instagram, throwback.hoops. Um, email address, as always, is throwbackhoopspodcast at gmail.com. Um, also, really appreciate anyone that's pledged any support via Patreon. Um, if you haven't um, done that before, we, we would love it if you're able to. Please, you know, search Throwback Hoops on Patreon. And, yeah, really appreciate um all the support and, and love that we get from everyone right on right on um yep hope everyone has a good weekend um, enjoys all the slate of games um any final thoughts robbie Mate, I'm going to give a, a personal uh, final thought. Um, you mentioned, obviously, tough week for me. Look, I know everyone's a little bit different in terms of, um, you know, how much they love their pets and stuff. Um, for me, it's been a rough week. We had to say goodbye to our cat of 16 and a half years, Matera, named after the West Coast legend Peter Matera. So 
Um, yeah, just going to think of all the happy memories I had with her. Um, usually she'd be watching me or waiting to come in straight away after the podcast. So, yeah, just, um, you know, she's in my thoughts and I'll, I'll never forget that that little girl there. And, yeah, let's get on to the games and have a positive weekend. I'm sure the whole audience and all our listeners um, said it toss your way as the YLB. Um, I appreciate your kinda and your honesty. Um and speaking your mind during this episode. So from myself, you, and the whole Throwback Hoops community, see you next week.